0: John chapter number four. We'll read the story. You're familiar with it. Once we begin reading, you'll know exactly where we're at, but uh, we'll look at uh, a couple of verses, but they'll be towards the end of the chapter. All right. We'll start reading in verse number one, get our context and our background, and then we'll get to where we're going. The Bible says, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had baptized or Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John Though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, I'm thankful Jesus saves. I just want to say this. The Bible makes it perfectly clear that Jesus doesn't baptize. Somebody needed to hear that. Better get out of that junk of work salvation. You got to be baptized to be saved. You do not have to be baptized to be saved. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He didn't come to baptize them. Is everybody all right? Uh, Paul said he didn't come to baptize either. He's one of the greatest missionaries. So Let's just leave it at that and move on. The Bible says in verse number three, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. I sure am thankful that he came my way. He's fixing to introduce us to a young woman. I wouldn't say she's a young woman. He's fixing to introduce us to a woman. And the whole reason he must needs go through Samaria was for this woman we're about to meet. I need everybody to understand that we like to we we like to pick and choose who God loves. We like to pick and choose who God can show grace and mercy to. See, God can show grace and mercy to somebody <laughs> that we approve of. But if we don't approve of them, then God can't do it. Is everybody all right? But the Bible says that he must needs go through Samaria, and he's fixing to introduce us to a lady that most churches wouldn't even allow to be in the membership. The Bible goes on, and it says this. It says, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hours, the middle of the day. It was not the time when people came to get water. It was not the time and see, they, we got up yesterday. I, I, I was going to shoot birds yesterday I had. About 21 quail left and me and Miss Michelle went out there and old Deadeye over there. She shot her some quail yesterday and we had us a good time. But I, 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 was we got up yesterday morning and we sat around. She fixed breakfast and we sat around for a little bit and I got out there about 10 o'clock or something like that. And it was hot already. Should have started a little earlier, right? This is how it worked back in Jerusalem, back in Israel, back in these days. They would have come to get water early in the day. Here it is, the middle of the day. The sixth hour, the Bible tells us about noontime, all right? The Bible tells us that this well was there. Jesus was weary from his journey. That tells us that Jesus, although he was God, he was all points man. The Bible says in verse number seven, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him. This was a Samaritan. She wasn't a full Jew. She was a mixed, if you will. She wasn't all the way. Is everybody all right? Uh, In other words, there was a racial barrier right here. And this is what she's going to bring up. She said to him, then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asked or ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God. I need to stop right there, and I'm just going to tell you who the gift of God was. It was Him. Is everybody all right? For God so loved the world that He gave, that was His gift his only begotten son. That was the gift. If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob? Boy, that's just good stuff. I mean, that's quite the claim to make. Is everybody all right? I mean, he just flat out says it. If I give you water, you ain't going to drink it. You, you ain't going to be thirsty again. I mean, does everybody, did everybody catch that? I mean, of all the people that Jesus, they had to constantly ask him, are you the Christ? And yet with this woman, he is constantly revealing to her who he is. We've been to learn a little bit more about her. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. In other words, this is what he said. I know you don't. I need somebody to help me right here. Hey, I, 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 go get your husband. She said, I ain't got a husband. He said, I, I know. I bet right here, I need somebody to help me right now. I bet right here her heart went, <laughs> What else do you know? What else do you know? Verse number 18. He said, you've had five husbands. You've had five husbands. Had is in past tense. That means that not only was there five marriages, but there was five. Somebody help me with this word. Divorces. You had five husbands. It gets better because she wouldn't even be in, is everybody all right? She wouldn't have been in the Baptist church after the second one. In most Baptist churches, she wouldn't even be invited back into the church after the second. The first one, they might let you come in and sit on the pew, but the second one, we got to have a talk. The third one, what, is everybody all right? Number four, whoa, five. Oh, it gets better. Y'all ready? Here it comes. Here it comes. And he whom thou hast is not thy husband. Five husbands. Five divorces. And the guy you're with right now ain't your husband. I don't know about you, but if I'm her, I'm like, I gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. If she was in a church, she would have got up right there and went to the bathroom. I'm going to say it over on this side. If she was in church, she would have got up went to the bathroom. As soon as he said, you had five husbands and one you're with right now, ain't your husband. Oh, I got to go use the bathroom. I'll be right back. <laughs> I messed with somebody. Now you're going to be scared to death going to the bathroom. Oh, Is it a good time? Is it a good time? No, it ain't a good time. All right, here we go. Jesus said unto her, uh, or let me go on down. I missed up. All right, verse 18. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. You reckon? Our fathers worshiped in this mountain and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. She changes the subject. She said, we got to get off of my life. I need you to close that closet door and stay out, Jesus. How many of y'all raise your hand up right now because every one of you has done it to him. Every one of you said, don't, don't go in there, Jesus. She said, wait a minute, let's talk about religion. It's a lot easier to talk about religion than it is to... Take a good look in the mirror. Jesus said unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither uh, in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. So we look at this passage of scripture, I want to focus in on one verse, and that's verse number 23, and just a part of that verse, when the true worshipers, we come into church and... For most people, worship is nothing more than a time slot. We come to church and we come to the worship hour. And for most believers and most people that are in an American church, the worship hour has to do with the singing or the choir or the congregational singing or whatever. But it has absolutely nothing to do with the preaching or with God himself. Stay with me. We put aside a time. This is is now the preaching time. Now's the worship time. Is everybody with me? And this is our mindset. That worship is to be done at church. It's to be done at a specific time during the service. We'll stand up. We'll raise our hands. We'll shout. We'll do all that during the specific time in the service. And that's when the choir's singing, when it's getting good, when they're starting to, you can feel the music, <laughs> and all that's good and well and fine. Is everybody all right? But that ain't when worship ends. When, when it's over is not where worship for a true worshiper ends. It's not, it's not a time that we set aside for worship, although I believe we all need to have a time set aside for worship in a corporate sense. The fact here is Jesus is trying to teach her that the hour is coming and now is where you're not worship based on a church, you're not worship based on a place, you're not worship based on a time period, you will worship in spirit, the Bible says, and truth. I noticed true worshipers this morning, and we don't have a whole lot of time because the choir sang way too long. We don't have a whole lot of time, but I'm going to get through this as quickly as I can. But I want you to notice some things about true worship. I want you to notice true worshipers, I want you to notice their identity. If all the people that God could have brought into this story and talked about true worshipers, the one person that he brought and brought to you and I was a woman that had been married five times, divorced five times, and was living with somebody she was not married to. We're talking about a woman that had no right to Jesus whatsoever. That's why she asked him, why are you asking water from me? You won't, the Jews won't have nothing to do with us. She didn't believe like he did. He says, you don't know what you believe. We do know what we believe. We do know what we worship. And so this woman had absolutely no right to Jesus whatsoever. And if you looked at her sins, you would say, oh, she's bad. I need somebody to help me. Don't act like y'all. Don't act like y'all high, mighty, and merciful, and all that other good stuff. If somebody sins different than you, and then all of a sudden I need somebody to help me right here. Oh, they might not be able to get all the grace that I got. We look at people and we say, "Well, I ain't never done anything like that," and we think that that makes it okay for us to look down our nose at them. But the truth is if God, really, if God really exposed who we really are and truly are and you couldn't hide it from everybody in this building, we'd all have to say we're a lot worse than this woman right here. And this is what I'm trying to say this morning, God said, a true worshiper, the identity of the worship is not because they're a good person. It's not because they're worthy. It's not because that they've done anything in their life to merit being able to worship. The only way, the only thing that qualifies you and I for worship is Him. He's worthy. And no matter who you are in this building this morning, no matter how bad your sins are, no matter how bad your past is, no matter how bad your, your marriage life was, is, or anything else, I need somebody to hear me. Jesus is speaking to this woman and said, there's coming a time and now is when the true worshipers shall worship God. I need somebody to help me right here. I don't care what your past is. I want you to notice the identifier, the identity of true worshipers. It wasn't his disciples. It wasn't the good people. It wasn't the religious leaders. It was some, it was some woman that nobody wanted anything to do with, showed up in the middle of the day because none of the other women have anything to do with her, ran back and told all the men in the city because the women wouldn't talk to her. I need somebody to hear me this morning. She had nothing, no credentials whatsoever, and yet God loved her. The Bible says he must needs go through Samaria. He came just for her. While you look down your nose at her, he came just for her. He could have picked anybody else, but he came just for her. Why did he come just for her? To let you and I know that we qualify to be true worshipers. We qualify to be true worshipers. I don't care how bad your past is. I don't care what you've done. I don't need to hear it. I need somebody to help me. Hebrews chapter number four, I told you you have a high priest. He's a great high priest that's up in heaven, and you don't have to come to me. I'm not the priest. Everybody say amen. We ain't Catholics. You can go boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy. You don't have to come to the preacher's office. She qualified. As bad as it was, she qualified. We see her sins. We see her shame. But we see she was sought after She was sought after. Say, preacher, where do you get that? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Bible says in verse number 23, it says, For the Father seeketh such to worship him. So much so, where did I put my glasses? Thank you. So much so that Jesus came to where she was at. This morning, you realize this morning you qualify to be a true worshiper. I notice not only the identity of true worshipers, but I notice the ingredients of true worshipers. In verse number 23, the Bible says, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The ingredients of true worshipers, number one, is salvation. Go go back to, yeah, you're there. It says, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The truth is, is there's no true worshipers that aren't saved. The idea that you just raise your hand and you're worshiping God is not true. The idea that you just say glory or hallelujah or praise the Lord is not factual. You're not necessarily worshiping God. This woman had a religious background. She knew where they worshiped. She knew why they worshiped. And Jesus said, you don't even know what you worship. Is everybody all right? Because she wasn't worshiping in truth. She was worshiping in spirit, but she wasn't worshiping in truth. There's a difference. Is everybody okay? Does everybody understand that there's a difference? So for us to worship in truth, then we have to know who he is. If we know who he is, then we become true worshipers. If we know who he is, then we also know that we need him. And therefore, the ingredients of a true worshiper means that I must be saved. Maybe you're sitting in here this morning and you come into church to worship, but you ain't saved. You're not a true worshiper. Because true worship, am I reading it wrong? True worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in... Do you not read it like I read it? True worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. If you know the truth then you must be saved to become a true worshiper. When we look at this, we have to be saved to be true worshippers. And I think there's a, is everybody all right? There's a lot of people that wonder why their worship ain't there. And I'm wondering if they ain't just like this woman who doesn't know who she worships or why she, is everybody all right? trying to help you this morning. Say, preacher, I, I, I just don't know about all that stuff y'all do. I just don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know about all that raising hands and all that standing up. And preacher, I don't know about that saying amen. And preacher, I don't, I, I'm quiet. I'm quiet. But they something you worship. I need somebody to help me. I was in I was in uh, uh, South Carolina, Dalton, hand my phone, is that over there on that thing? I was in South Carolina, and uh, I'd never been to this church before. So anyhow, thank you, son, I'd never been to this church before. <clears throat> so I'm standing there, and the very first thing, you know, they done had C.T. Townsend, who they know, he's been preaching over there for years, and Brent Carr, and they'd all, they know them boys, they don't know me. So I got up, and I said, hey, I'm going to introduce myself first. And then I'm going to preach. And so I got up, and the first thing out of my mouth was I told him I said, I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan, which, by the way, I wore my red jacket. I'm right in the middle of Clemson country. they all orange up there. They're all ugly. Is everybody all right? I'm, I'm in red. I I'm, mean, I'm dressed to a, a red and everything. And anyhow, I got my Bulldog stuff on. And I mean, uh, a CT mentioned the Bulldogs in, the, in, one, in his sermon the night before, and I stood up right in the middle of the thing, and I'm like, whoa, is everybody all right? And everybody looked at me. I was the only one in there. Is everybody all right? <laughs> he said, he said, what are y'all, Clemson fans or are y'all soccer? And he knows I'm a big Bulldog fan. He's a Clemson fan, so they don't have a whole lot to cheer about. But anyhow, he said, well, where are y'all, South Carolina fans or y'all Clemson fans? And they were all being quiet. And he said, he said, maybe you're a Georgia fan. I stood up and said, whoa. I was on the front row, too. That's how they, that's how they got introduced to me. Is everybody all right? I stood up there, I said, I'm a Bulldog fan. I'm talking about through and through some, from the time I could walk, I've I've been a Bulldog fan. Been all through the bad years, all through the good years. I seen the national championship when when Herschel won. Is everybody all right? And then I, of course, you know, last year we won it. And we're undefeated this year. And probably, you know, I mean, whatever. But anyhow, I said, I like to hunt. I said, and I killed some big ones. I said I, I, I used to coon hunt, but now I gotten rid of them and I, I, I got some bird dogs and I got four GSPs and I got a, I got a, a, a little co- English cocker spaniel that I could sick on an alligator and he'd bring it, but try to bring it back to me if he didn't get eight. I went all, I was telling him all this after the service. Told him I rode a Harley. After the service, you know what happened? For an hour. Hey, let me show you my, let me show you what I killed. This is what they were doing. Let me show you the book that I killed. And they come up here and they show me. Man, that's a good one. Let me show you my motorcycle. Is everybody all right? Everybody. I mean, they come by in a line. Some guy, he wanted to show me the bison that he shot. I bet you ain't never shot one of them. (laughs) I showed him something that I shot. It's illegal and so I won't mention it in the service. But he ain't shot nothing like that. Amen. (laughs) Two can play that game. We, we went through for an hour, we stood up there, and we talked to is everybody, all right? Hey, y'all forgive your preacher, I ain't perfect, all right? We, we went through all these things, why? Because we were bragging on something. There's something that we like. There's something that'll get you excited. It might have been a football game yesterday. You might have jumped up and hollered and done all of that when Georgia scored. And, hey, man, I'm telling you what, it's exciting. You might have been, I I, I don't know, it might have been Black Friday. Oh, it might have been Black Friday for you women. Don't act like, I know some of y'all do it. Four o'clock in the morning, can't get to church at 10 a.m. for Sunday school. But four o'clock in the morning, bless God, we can be up, be standing outside the thing in a tent waiting on the doors to open. Why? Because there's a TV for sale in there for $200. And if I don't get to it first, I ain't gonna get, I need somebody to help me. And get in the flesh over that thing. Somebody bump into you coming through the door and you call them a cuss word, shoot them a bird with a sticker of Calvary Baptist Church on your back door. I know I'm talking to. Oh, I ain't forgot about all that. I ain't forgot about it. Is everybody all right? Say, Preacher, I did that. I wish you'd let that go. <laughs> I don't know who did it. That's what makes this so fun. I can just keep saying it. and You just get mad and mad and mad. you probably leave the church over a sticker you put on the back of your car and you shot somebody a bird and <laughs> called them a female dog. They, they won't ever come to our church and you're going to leave the church because the preacher keeps calling you out on it. Is everybody all right? You worship something. Stay with me. You worship something. I told him, I said, I got three kids, but I got two grandkids. I'm, I'm going to go over here. I said, I got three kids, but I got two grandbabies. Right. Yeah. So guess what? When they all come up there, guess what I was showing them? It wasn't pictures of Dalton, KK, and Zachary. Is <laughs> this is my wife. This is my wife. This is hey, man. He can swing a golf club, man. Uh, is everybody all right? This is, this is that baby girl, Wesley. She'll get whatever she wants or she'll kill you. <laughs> Just got to learn her. You worship something. So to come in and say, I'm a worshiper, doesn't mean that you're saved. When you and I act as though we can't worship, maybe what's really wrong is we don't know what we're worshiping. We worship in spirit. You can worship in spirit at a football game. But to worship in truth is to know him and to divide the two. You can't just worship in truth. I need somebody to hear me. It's spirit and truth. You can't just say, take all the emotions out of it. I'm a, I'm a worshiper. I just sit here and worship. No, 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 no. It's spirit and truth. So the ingredients of worship, I got to be saved. There's a separation of spirit and truth. I can't, I, it has to be a balance. It, 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 it's a separation. I can't just worship in spirit because then I'm just like her. I don't know what I'm worshiping. And I can't just worship in truth. Because he deserves every bit of the emotion and spirit that I, I need. Y'all, are y'all hearing me? Say, preacher, I just can't raise my hand. Shame on you. He went to a cross for you. It ought to be easy to raise your hand. I just can't say glory or hallelujah. I make a fool out of myself. Shame on you because he hung naked on a cross for you. I. Need, is everybody all right? It, it can't just be. It, it, it's got to be both spirit and truth. And so we see. It has to be the ingredients of salvation, or the, the ingredients of true worship is salvation. We see it separation. Uh, but I, I also wrote down, let me see what I wrote down right here, Scripture, truth, obviously. So the question this morning is, are you true worship? I'm done. I'm done. The last one, the intention of true worship. We see, we see the identity or the individual of true worship, and we all qualify, right? I'm going to need somebody to say Amen. We all qualify. We see the ingredients of worship. If you're not saved this morning, you can be. But for those of you that are saved, you're, you and I, are to, we're to worship just as much in spirit as we are in truth. That means when you withhold worship, then you're really showing that you, you, really, you really don't value him that much. I need somebody to hear me because I, I, I'm tired of begging people to worship you will worship something. Whether it's a 4 a.m. sale at Kohl's or a 4 a.m. tree stand with a buck you got on camera, you, you will worship something. But the intention of true worship, it's in a person. Jesus said this. He said, the hour is coming. The hour cometh. Listen. And now... Jesus was telling her that something was taking place right then. Up until this point, they had gone to the temple to worship. Up in this point, they had gone through the ceremonies, the rites, all these other things of worship. They had brought their lambs, they had brought their sacrifices, they had brought all the... Up until this point, it was ceremonial. But Jesus said, something's changed. Something has changed right now. And he said it this way. He says, and now is. It's happening right now. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. I'd like to bring this up. Jesus' last name was not Christ. He was Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. Is everybody with me? Which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. He said, now is. She said, the Messiah is coming. He said, I am. Y'all won't get that. You really need to go back and study your Bible back in Exodus when God told Moses. Who do I tell him? I am. The intention of true worship God, its person, it's Jesus. I am He. It's preeminence. I love this. The Bible tells us that this woman in uh, verse number 28, the woman left her water pot. (laughs) Small detail noticed by the disciple John as he was remembering and writing this story that this woman who came to the well for the purpose of getting water when she met him forgot about the water. I wonder if the living water that he talked about, she didn't get a good dose of because she no longer needed the water pot. See, here's the thing about worship. The thing about worship is it's about him. It's not about you or anything else in your life. When she came to him, When she left him, she left every worldly thing that she had desired. She had came for water. She had brought her water pot, but when she met him, it wasn't so important anymore. I'm gonna say this until you somebody hears me this morning or y'all ain't, we ain't getting out early if y'all don't tighten up. It was all about him. Worship, true worshipers, it's all about him. It's not about what I got to do at 1245. Some of you got plans. Y'all plan stuff all close to church and everything else and then use it as an excuse to get out of worship. I'll go over on this side. True worshipers worship in spirit and truth. But preacher, you said we don't have to go to a place to worship. Y'all want worship here. I know you ain't worshiping at the house. I need somebody to hear me. I worship in a tree stand. I worship out on the lake. You won't worship in church. With, a, with, with 200 people worshiping with you, you won't even worship in church. And you're going to try to convince me that you'll sit in a tree and worship? You're going to try to convince me that you'll sit in a boat and worship? No, you worship in your recreation. You know what she said? He is all that matters. He's all that matters. So, this woman left her water pot. We see its person, the intention of true worship. We see its person, its preeminence, but its purpose. She left her water pot, and what was the first thing she did? She went and told somebody what? About him. Oh, I'm a true worshiper, preacher. You won't even tell somebody about Jesus. You're going to call yourself, I'm having fun. Y'all having fun? The first thing this woman did, she left everything behind, run into the city and said, hey, y'all got to come see this. I met somebody that told me all I ever did. Is not this the Christ? When was the last time one of us, come on, y'all. We're going to call ourselves true worshiper. How many of you think you're a true worshipper? Uh, y'all after this sermon be like, ah, I ain't no true worshipper. <laughs> I ain't getting caught in that trap. <laughs> Everybody all right? We should be. Tell me what's different about your life. Jesus came to where you was at. He must needs come by your way. I don't know where it was at. It might have been in a church. It might have been outside the church. It might have been somewhere on the street. I don't know. But he came by your way. As bad as your past was, as ugly as it had been, he still loved you and came to where you was at. He offered you living water just like he offered her. He offered you living water. And if you got saved, you got that living water and it's springing up inside of you, a well of living water unto eternal life. Is everybody all right? But what you doing with it? The intentions of it, it's person. It ain't about hey. It ain't about what somebody might think of you if you raise your hand. It ain't about somebody. Somebody might. Somebody might judge me, preacher. Who cares? I don't. I don't know that. And some teenagers need to hear this. Who cares? If God is who He says He is. And if you believe him to be who he says he is, then who cares if somebody makes fun of you? Who cares if you look like a fool? I got, I, I'm going to need somebody to help me right here. Josh, when you wear all that blue stuff and that orange stuff, I'm just going to tell you, son, you, you look like a fool. I love you, though. I, love you. I had to pick on him. I, it was just too easy. I mean, it was like a soft pitch. It was, was easy. It was right there. But that boy loves his Florida Gators. And one thing that me and him identify with is a love for our team. Me and him go down there and have a good time sitting. On, he ain't come to sit on the Georgia side yet, but I'll go sit on the Florida side. When you're a winning football team, you can do that. But I go sit on the Florida side with him. And he loves his team just as much as I love. Is everybody all right? And my love for my team don't influence his love for his team. I'm getting somewhere with this. When you love God enough, you won't let those around you influence. You won't let people around you influence your love for God. Heads bowed, Dalton's going to that piano right now. I asked if there was true worshipers and ain't but three of you raised your hand. So this ought to be a great altar call because every one of us should be true worshipers if you're saved in this building i want you to find your way to an altar this morning come on don't act. i know you dressed up all nice and everything else and, but true worship true worshipers there's some things that they do they leave behind the worldly things the water pots they put an emphasis on him Their worship is centered around him, not everybody else, not what somebody else thinks. Their worship is centered on him and him alone. And therefore they don't care what anybody else thinks. But they worship the, and their worship, I, I like this, their worship inspires others. If he ain't worthy enough for you to worship him, then somebody that don't know him, they ain't never going to come to him. Maybe you're sitting in here this morning. I told you the ingredients of a true worshiper is they, first off, must be saved. Maybe you're in here this morning and they ain't never been saved, never been a time where you asked Christ to come into your heart and to save you. If that's you this morning, I want you to do me a favor you're on the floor, I want you to look up at me. If you're in the balcony, I want you to raise your hand. Preacher, there's never been a time when I got saved. I asked Christ to save me. Is there anybody like that? Nobody's looking around. It's just me. Thank you. You can put your head down. I see you. Is there anybody else? Be honest with the preacher. I do not know that I'm saved. There's never been a time where I've trusted Christ. If you're in the balcony, just raise your hand. Preacher, I do not know. Is there anybody like that? Anybody else? Listen, this morning, you'd have looked up at me. I want you to listen. Yeah? I, I ain't asking you to do nothing right now. I just want you to listen to me. I was in the same place you were. I was 22 years of age. Come to the church. Because my wife wanted me to be there. That morning, the preacher Preached. God convinced me of my standing with him. I was not saved. That morning, the preacher gave an invitation like I am right now. And I came forward and trusted Christ as my personal Savior. And my life changed. Say this this morning, yours too can change. I won't ask you to do anything I hadn't done in my my life and many in this building, but this morning, I want you to know that you can leave this church knowing where you'd spend eternity if you were to die. The Bible says, these things have been written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. According to the Bible, you can know you'll let me this morning I want you to just get up out of your seat and come to where I'm at and let me get you some help i not going to force you, not going to make you it's your choice if you want that change if you want to lay your head down on a pillow tonight and know where you'd spend eternity won't you come Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, and God, we are thankful for another opportunity to come to church. Lord, I'm thankful that you love us. Thankful for the mercy that you showed to us. I'm thankful, Lord, that you love this, this, this woman of Samaria with so many sins. Yet, God, you, you loved her so much, Lord, that you made a point to go by where she was. God, you you give her information that you didn't even give the disciples at this time. Lord, you shared with her who you were. You shared with her your love. I can't get over how comfortable she was with you even though you had called her out. God, help us to be that same light to this world. To love, to be good to people, no matter if their sins are different than ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.